Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, April 28th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tiamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, you okay? You recovered at all? I'm, 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 I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. How, we're going to get into the Take Me to the World, a Stephen Sondheim 90th birthday celebration here momentarily. But how stressed out and anxious were you in that first 45 <laughs> to 50 minutes? I was having a great time, personally. Oh, the, tw- the Twitter machine was phenomenal. That's the thing. I, thankfully, I wasn't sure if I was going to spend it on social media, and I'm really glad I did. Because oh, yeah. That was the only way to do this it. This is where things like Twitter thrive, is just catty theater nonsense. You know and what, though? But I, I had a blast. And I don't know if it's just because I have a very well curated timeline, but mm-hmm. there were tons of jokes, but very few. I mine at least weren't like super catty. Like mine were. Mine weren't mean you know, catty. They're just like the witty and community. sarcastic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like I I threw out one of my favorite ones that good friend Stephanie J. Block retweeted for me, which I mm. greatly appreciated. Uh, was asking if we were waiting on Rihanna. Which I thought was <laughs> was inside enough that only real theater people would understand very nice. that reference. Very, very nice. Um, I but like that's that the kind one. of stuff. So I enjoyed the Twitter conversation. But once the thing started, I enjoyed, Ashley, all, I enjoyed all the Boonie L jokes. So that was good. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see any of those. Oh, there were several, and I even made one. I made one at the same time as, like, five other people who were just like, he's finishing the video. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can it's only like, hope we he's got enough so time. so predictable. <laughs> yeah. But, but what was nice about it, and we'll talk about this a little more, I assume, once the concert started, like, my entire timeline was positive and emotional, yeah. and there was no... I know there must have been some other stuff out there. Apparently, the YouTube stream was a little less friendly but i was very oh, proud of my never theater. spend any time no. on a youtube s- chat in my life no, no thank you but the twitter conversation was wonderful so um we're going to get into that in just a second but before we do we have told you about i told you i have a couple of fun ex- uh fun episodes coming up this week ashley is going to be doing a really cool interview tomorrow mm-hmm. all of this stuff will of course be hitting the patreon feed first so head over to patreon.com slash broadway radio broadway radio.com slash patreon and you can get all of these fun interviews and episodes there before they come into the regular feed. All right, Ashley, let's get into Take Me to the World, colon, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration. Yes, now, before yes. we get into the performances, I do want to say that this was a fundraiser and a benefit for ASTEP, which is Artists yes. Striving to End Poverty. That is an organization that was founded by uh, Mary Mitchell Campbell, who is, if you mm-hmm. don't know who she is, she is one of the great music directors on Broadway and in New York. Yes. And she founded it with Juilliard students to help transform the lives of youth around the world using art. And um, you heard some great testimonials uh, during the concert itself. So. If you are able to, please join us in uh, making contribution to Aztep. It's an organization that richly deserves it in a time like this when so much around the world has been destroyed. Um, you could do a lot worse in trying to find ways to support uh, organizations Absolutely. that need some help. Yeah. So, all right. So we talked about all of the hijinks and um, mm-hmm. technical difficulties at the beginning. I don't begrudge them. I mean... No, I I mean, it happens. I laughed. It happens. You you have I, to kind of expect it, especially for a show that was going to be what was it like two and a half hours? I'm I'm just going to say, 
there was no need to have any live component. I love Raul. Mm. Raul could have filmed all of his stuff ahead of time and it would have saved all of those issues. Sure. But yeah. Well, again, did, did you watch his commentary videos that he was releasing? Yeah. Cause he was like, he essentially said that the way he wanted it, he wanted it to be like everyone was gathered on the apartment floor listening to cast recordings. And I get it and I love it. So I'm essentially, I'm assuming that what they were going to do is they would do one of, uh, one or a few of the pre-recorded bits and then go over to that very large zoom conversation that they were all together on but yeah oh, really? I, I didn't know that yeah i thought that might have just been them hanging out uh oh, i or have, like doing something i that, don't know that that's is a good what point. my guess is that's a good point um they still could have pre-recorded that but it, that's neither here nor there let's get into some of the performances that we loved ashley there are so many performances and so many of the best ones happened in the latter half but i don't want to mm-hmm. overlook some of the ones in the first half uh, of the show so i'm going to run through some of the ones that happened early on that i really really liked um okay we had uh, Katrina Link doing an acoustic version of Joanna, which I thought yes. was really good. Wonderful. Aaron Tveit doing Marry Me a Little, um, which a show he did at Barrington a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the highlight of the first quarter of the show for me, though, was Beanie Feldstein and Ben Platt doing It Takes Two from Into so the Woods. Yeah, I mean, they, they are real life best friends since Correct. high school. Gonna They're going to do be Merrily together. Yeah. Uh, assuming that still happens. Yes. <laughs> Luke Letter um, would have been Merrily. so mad if they did something oh, I know. Merrily. I know. I know. Um, but that was great. Then Brandon Uranowitz is, I know he's got three Tony nominations, but he is one of the best actors working today. Absolutely. Um, yeah. He did with so little to be sure of from anyone can whistle. Then we had Melissa Erico doing Children in Art from Sunday in the Park with George, a role she's Swoon. played before. She yes. had her dot hat next to her. And of course, she had the book. What was it? I- Irish exotic Irish exo- art. Erotic art. Erotic I think. art. Erotic yeah. art. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but of course, when she, when she, did you see her? show some pictures of the pages on Twitter. I didn't get to look, but I saw that she did do that. Yeah. Yeah. All of the pages were blank. It's a joke. <laughs> all of the pages are blank. Oh, so that's it's very funny. But I thought, look, I've talked about this before. Uh, Melissa Erico starring in the pre-Broadway tour of My Fair Lady is the show that made me fall in mm. love with theater. There oh. is very few, or there are very few Sondheim interpreters in the world out there that do it better than Melissa Absolutely. does. If you go back and watch that performance, the way she leans in at certain yes. times and then yes. lays back, it's so subtle, but it's so so Sondheim, really. I mean, it's it's the, the perfect execution. So yeah. those are some of the ones from early on. Um like maybe we'll use Randy Rainbow doing by the sea as the line of demarcation for that first quarter. Was there anything, especially whether something that I mentioned or something else that jumped out of you early on in the show, Ashley? Oh, early on in the show. I enjoyed listening to Stephen Schwartz's prologue from Follies three times in the, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. No. Um, I mean, anytime we get to hear Kelly O'Hara, or Judy Kuhn do anything, it's just a delight. Uh, my favorite. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite of that first half. Uh, God, it's so difficult to choose. I really loved Katrina Link's Joanna, which is not necessarily something I anticipated to love. Uh, I have seen her in company twice and will hopefully someday see her again. And I have thoughts that I will not share until that happens, but uh, until it's open until it's open yes uh my thoughts on her interpretation of sondheim can be a little 
skewing negative, but I thought this was wonderful. I thought it was, you know, a win for queer women everywhere, first of all. And Brandon Uranowitz, uh, as you said, should be in as much as possible. <laughs> I just absolutely... He should never not be in a show. Exactly. I absolutely adore listening to him. I think of Sondheim shows, he's only done Roadshow, maybe? I'm not quite sure of that. Was he ever? Was he in any of the the assassin stuff at Encores or anything? He's going to be in because he's in the cast Encores. for. Um, uh, he's in the cast for the classic stage company one, right? But I don't right. remember if he did the Encores one or not. He but. did the Roadshow one. He didn't do the Assassins. Uh, yeah. Encores what did one. I say? You said Assassins. Uh, oh you're yeah, right. yeah. You're okay, right. Yeah, he, he didn't do the Assassins at City Center, but right. he did Roadshow at City Center. S- Pascal, the only one, I think, who did both. And, um, yes, I don't remember. Yes. Anyway, Correct. so let's move on to the next section of the show. And I got to tell you, Elizabeth Stanley doing The Miller's My Son God. is something that My I God. did not expect to be blown away by. No offense to Elizabeth Stanley. Um, she did the Encore's production of Merrily. Um, so she has some Sondheim stuff. But really, the only mm-hmm. thing that I've ever seen her in was Jagged Little Pill. And I've talked about it. I thought she was very good in a under appreciate you know in a part that was kind of a throwaway but holy freaking crap actually elizabeth stanley mm-hmm. was amazing yeah i she, i mean she's also done some time obviously which is why she's there she did the 2006 company with raul where she was april oh, i did she oh i forgot about that that's so, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So I, the Miller's Son is one of my absolute favorite sondheim songs because it's so cheeky it's kind of one of those songs that doesn't necessarily belong in the musical that it's part of it's kind or... of like a bottle like it's kind of like a bottle song you talk about exactly, in tv yes. like having yeah. bottle episodes that are kind of quietly contained yes, in their own exactly. that's what kind of the miller's son is in a little night music yeah and her performance i mean again a favorite song and it was just a master class as you talked about melissa erico and the way that she leans in and pulls back in certain bits you just watch elizabeth stanley do the song and how she phrases it was the most exquisite phrasing of that song i've ever seen yeah and then just a few seconds after that we were taken to some random park on a sunday with mandy patinkin (laughs) by himself just standing there and i was i was i was a little nervous actually i'm not gonna i thought he was gonna do the dog song (laughs) oh well he had his dog with him if he would have done the dog song i would have honestly just died right there but i was i was afraid that he was just gonna do one of those tributes and not sing because Uh, he's out in the middle of a field and you know he's you know he was kind of far away from the camera which i'm assuming his wife was holding um, yeah. But he actually did Lesson Number Eight, which so many of the songs oh. that were chosen throughout uh, the, the 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 concert have lyrics that just hit you because of the co- the, the situation that we find ourselves oh, in right absolutely. now. Absolutely, which and is Lesson very eight very is, Sondheim. The the amount yes. of songs he's just written about, you know, the human condition and life not being what you expect it to be and bad things happening which is literally every single act two of any of his shows (laughs) yeah um but it was wonderful mandy patinkin singing lesson number eight acapella nonetheless and just being remarkable he shaved off his homeland beard since that show is now (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh it had its series finale over the weekend um but mandy patinkin one of the best uh he is i've talked about it before like he's up in the top two or three for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fantastic. Um, then we had a, a few other things. Maria Friedman was great. Um, we had Leia Salonga singing "Loving You" from Passion. Too I was much. a little disappointed. Too much for uh, me. 
I was a little disappointed because it was very short. I wanted more from Leia. Uh, and she's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, but that went right in to Laura Benanti, who famously went as Fosca uh, <laughs> yes. for Halloween when yes. she was in high school. And she sang another one of these songs, which I don't know Evening Primrose super well, but she sang, I remember, from Evening Primrose, literally so seated next to her bathtub. And <laughs> yes. that song is about being about quarantine in yeah. isolation and quarantine. Yep. Um, I was just like, Oh, oh, oh. I mean, mm-hmm. my love for Laura Benanti is well documented, but she, I mean, it was perfect. And how does she sing that well seated next to her bathtub? I mean, bathroom acoustics are notoriously amazing. Ask sure, anyone sure, who's sure, had sure. to do a high school audition ever. Yeah, she was great. And then the very next song, we had a little Aztec plea from Raul. But then I just, I just can't with Chip Zion. Singing Mm-mm. both parts Mm-mm. of No More from Into the Woods with the baker's hat sitting on the piano. That was to far too much. That's far too much. Yeah, I've seen him do that <laughs> song about 10,000 times in the dual parts. I will choose it 10,000 more times. It's just in, Into the Woods was the first Sondheim show I ever knew and ever loved and ever obsessed over. So it just pulls me into this really good place and the hat clutching at the end just got me what is it about originating roles in sondheim shows bernadette peters her face has not aged since she (laughs) was in it and chip zion's voice has not aged since into the woods but anyway um moving on we had some other great things in there but then we had brian stokes mitchell singing the flag song which is a cut song from assassins and Mm -hmm. actually brandon uranowitz talked about how prescient sondheim lyrics are Mm -hmm. and stokes said basically the same thing about this song like it sounds like it was written during the past month and a half it is such a perfect song and then transitioning into somebody who did assassins on broadway michael Cerverus singing finishing the hat Yes. And let's just somebody I if I had ten million dollars, I would be finding a producer to invest in a Sunday in the Park with George revival with Michael Servers just I mean, because I want to hear him sing. Always. Yeah. So good. All right, so then we move forward. I loved my recent Tommy Moore guest, Linda Lavin, singing The Boy From, from The Mad Show, (laughs) which as soon as I saw she was doing it, I was like, oh, I know what she's singing. Oh, yeah, of course. Duh. Uh, A role she originated in The Mad Show off-Broadway. This was a song written by, co-written by Mary Rogers and Esteban Rio Nido. Yes, Esteban Rio Nido. (laughs) Which is a pseudonym for Stephen Sondheim. of course. Um, If it it translates to... Stephen Nest River. Okay. Uh-huh. Rio Nido is also a uh, small town in California, apparently. So either way, um, we got that. And then we got into the, the heart and the bulk of the show where the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine songs really are just amazing. It started with Alexander Gimignani, who was not the same as the person that they credited it, that they credited Alexander Gimignani. There was a T on the end of his oh, name on the title card. That. I noticed. Anyway, Alexander Gimignani, of course, <laughs> has done Sondheim shows. His father, of course, is Sondheim's longtime music director. Um, he did Buddy's Blues from Follies, perfect chair choreography as well. That was great. And then there was a, sh- a song that was one of the highlights, Ashley, that I did not expect. It was Anne Her- Herada 
Austin Koo, Kelvin Moon Lowe, and Tom Sesma yes. doing Someone in a Tree from Pacific Overtures. And they, one of the, it was really the only song, um, well, not, it was the first song in the entire show where multiple people were singing from different locations. Mm-hmm. And they had like Zoom choreography, basically, which how, with how they, uh, yeah, played with the works. interactions before them. It was beautiful and it was so cool to watch, especially Anne Harada because she kind of started it and then let everybody else sing. Mm-hmm. Um, watch her act with literally nobody else. <laughs> True, yeah. Just looking on adoringly to everybody as well. That's my absolute favorite Sondheim song. Uh, and, and at his. least. And his, I was just about to say, at least for a while, it was his. So I would have been furious if it didn't make it in. That's really the one I, that it always sticks with me. And it's so rarely performed that I was just thrilled. <laughs> I love that yeah. performance so much. I think it was Deep Tran who was like, they should do an entire revival of Pacific Overtures on Zoom now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I am all here for it. Um, let's get into the rest of these. We had Rolla Sparza finally singing, and I don't know if this was live or not. Um, but I'm not sure sang- either because he sounds the same every single time right. he performs. He's he's saying "Take Me to the World," another evening Primrose song. He Incredible, was fantastic. yes. Then we had Donna Murphy. Oh my God! I mean, she stole oh. the 80th. She, I mean, she, her performance. From the 80th birthday celebration is iconic, and yes. I think her send in the clowns yes. from a little night music will be as well. Noted, she mm. also wore a red shawl or sweater to kind of mm-hmm. keep with the theme of the red dresses from the 80th uh, one. She was fantastic. And then we got the number that will go down in history. It started <laughs> with Christine Baranski pouring herself some red wine. And of course, it leads into the ladies who lunch for the second verse or, you know, second part of the song she has joined. By her Mamma Mia co-star Meryl Streep, who then sings another verse, kind of accompanying herself on a percussive shaker, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, which was wonderful. And then we went to Christine Baranski's uh, A Good Fight co-star, Audra McDonald, who was struggling to open up a bottle of some alcohol. I can't remember what it was. And then they did The Ladies Who Lunch as a trio. And it was just, it. first Loved off, Aud- it. Audra pulled the belt out. Audra doesn't pull the belt oh, out often, I know. but she pulled the belt out, and boy, did she belt, Ashley. Yeah, it was. I was loving it when it was just Christine and Meryl, and then Audra just came in, as she does, just brought it to another level. And hearing her belt in the middle of this quarantine, and a bathrobe, I mean... They were all in white bathrobes. They were yeah. all in white bathrobes. You just you can't get better than that. No. Um, after that, we went to Annalie Ashford and Jake Gyllenhaal duetting on Move On. We've heard these two sing this song many, many times. Uh, you have, especially since you saw the show, mm-hmm. I think, 108 times yes, on Broadway. Yes. Um, but they're still fantastic. please. I saw it at City I'm Center, sorry. too. Okay. <laughs> and hopefully you'll get a chance to see it in London. Those <sighs> two performing together. Uh, are fantastic. Then we went to one that I was kind of surprised about, Ashley. I did not anticipate Patti Lapone singing Anyone Can Whistle. I know. It was such kind of a softer, understated song. It wasn't a big, brassy, belty right. Sondheim number. But yeah. she, Patti is much more than just 
the loud, abrasive diva exactly. that we know. She is so, so much more, yes. and she delivered on this one. Yeah, as you said, very surprising, and just going to this very touching number. That's I, we all know Patty Lapone can belt, so we don't need to hear Patty. Yeah, Lepone. one of the best ever. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to hear Patty Lapone belt. She does it as often as she possibly can, and does it well every single time. So to do something where she was like. This is a song I love and that is moving me right now and is moving me always. Like, that's what you want to see. Yeah. And then it closed with Bernadette Peters not to be outdone by her Sunday in the Park with George co-star Mae Patinkin. <laughs> yeah. She sang No One Is Alone from Into the Woods a cappella. I want to know if uh, they coordinated that because that was too fitting. I mean, the only ones that did it were Mandy, exactly. or, yeah, were Mandy and Bernadette uh, singing their songs a cappella. Um, so it was wonderful. And then we had a post credit scene where we had just mm-hmm. scads and scads of Broadway performers singing I'm Still Here. Current Broadway great. performers, people who yes, should cur- all be in shows right now. Correct. Um, and it was it was great because I recognized a lot of them, but there was a lot of them I didn't recognize. I know. So um, <laughs> but it was... Yeah, the, but the, it was wonderful, very nice. My only, only complaint, Ashley, is mm. um, the night was super white. Um, there oh, was... absolutely. There was there were more people of color in the cre- post-credits than there were the yeah, actual and, show. Yeah, and I mean, you have to realize Raul Esparza did coordinate all of this. He is a, sure, you sure. Know, he's a Latino man. Um, you did have... Um, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, Lea Salonga, mm-hmm. um, you know Stokes, uh, uh, everybody from Pacific Overtures, um, Otter McDonald, but it still felt very, very white. I don't know if you know. I, I understand shows that, are often very, very right. white too. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> well, it's like it's like kind of what it comes down this. to. That's kind of what it comes down to. Is if you're booking a bunch of iconic Sondheim performers and interpreters. They're more often than not white people. Yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, it, it's hard to f- when the person who coordinates this is a person of color. It's it, I think you give it a little bit more of a pass because I I don't know, maybe I shouldn't. But um, yeah, I'm fine. But either way, I, I was a little uh, that was the only thing about it. But other than that, it was a wonderful evening, even though it ended up going a lot later than we anticipated. I don't care. It, no, it was <laughs> I wish, super I wish it was on again. I wish it was on again tonight. I wish it was it on is. every. I, yeah, it's true. It's on eternally. Oh yeah, I. It was really to me a near perfect evening. I I'll absolutely cry if I talk about how San, how much Sondheim means to the theater community. Thankfully, I don't have to do that because it was so evident with everybody on Sunday night. Not just the performers, but theater community as a whole with everyone watching. Absolutely unquestionably unquestionably the best night i've had in over a month (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, that goes without saying yeah just wonderful and touching and there have been a lot of little moments since the shutdown where i've been like yes i love and miss theater so much but you have this big moment here where i'm like oh god i love and miss theater so much but i so needed this like i just it was 
It was yeah. everything I needed right now. Yeah, it was the cathartic uh, moment and event that we all needed. But uh, all right, Ashley, let's get into some of the other news. We've talked about the concert for a long time. So let's get into the news. Unfortunately, we do have to start with a bit of bad news from over the weekend, Ashley, as Peter H. Hunt, who directed the original Broadway and film versions of 1776, passed away at the age of 81. In addition to winning the Tony Award for his efforts for 1776, he also directed a number of Broadway productions, including Good Time Charlie and The Scarlet Pimpernel, amongst others. He actually began his career as a lighting designer and had a number of lighting design credits on Broadway before eventually becoming the artistic director of the Williamstown Theater Festival. He is also the uncle of uh, someone who's not a theater regular anymore, but was at one point, um, and Oscar winner Helen Hunt. So um, our our thoughts go all out to the entire uh, Hunt family and everybody who loved his work and who worked with him over the years, especially as we're getting ready to have yeah. another production of 1776 yes, come to yes. Broadway, presumably next year. Um, our thoughts are with them. In other news, Ashley, on Monday, the St. Louis Muni Theater announced that they would be pushing back their traditional summer season to late July and hope to present five of the originally announced seven productions. The shows will be Chicago, The Sound of Music, On Your Feet, Smokey Joe's Cafe, and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. That will be eliminating the first two shows of their season, Mary Poppins and Sweeney Todd, unfortunately. In a statement, the Muni said that they are going to move forward with planning to start the shows on July 20th, but they will obviously make future adjustments as necessary. And finally, in this section, Ashley, we got another up, a few more updates on Nick Cordero, Nick Cordero's condition over the weekend. While he still has not yet woken up after being taken off sedation from over two weeks of being in a medically induced coma, his wife, Amanda Klutz, said over the weekend that he was officially coronavirus free, which is a big step. Oh, However, good. he did develop a bit of a fever on Monday, which dropped his blood pressure down a little bit. And that meant that the doctors had to postpone removing him from a ventilator after temporarily implanting a pacemaker in his chest over the weekend. The hope had been to take him off the vent and instead give him a tracheotomy and perhaps a feeding tube, but they will have to wait until his fever subsides and his blood pressure stabilizes. Um, I don't think we've talked about this too much before, Ashley, but Mm. at the time of everything shutting down, Nick was starring as Dennis in a site-specific production of Rock of Ages in Los Angeles. Right, I forgot about that too. Yeah, they kind of built the bird room and i think he might have been involved uh in a lot of other ways more than just being in it but um on monday his castmates sent out a special message to him in the form of a performance of don't stop believing and of course they also encouraged people to donate to the gofundme campaign that was set up to support his family so take a look at that all right ashley moving on to some of the Different streaming things that we have coming up on May 11th, Off-Broadway Theatre Company, The Civilians, will host a Shining Light, an online benefit concert supporting the company and its artistic community. The Civilians' most recent production, Whisper House, was forced by the pandemic to shut down on the very day of its first preview. Now, in order to make a Shining Light as accessible as possible, which is something that civilians care about a lot, there is no yes. minimum ticket price. Donations of any amount will be uh, will be accepted to give viewers access to the event and can be made at thecivilians.org. A free version will also stream live on the Civilians Facebook page. The live stream event will be hosted by Joe Lampert and will feature musical performances from the artist's own homes, including Duncan Sheik, 
Molly Hager and Van Hughes from Whisper House, Eddie Cooper performing new work by Ethan Lipton, Grace McLean with a song from her Civilians R&D group project, Rebecca Naomi Jones and Mary Testa with songs from the new Michael Friedman albums, and special guests Jill Sobel, Alex Newell, and more to be announced. The Civilians are one of the great companies out there, and yes, I'm, I'm imagining Love they them. don't have the subscriber base or endowment that some of these other bigger theater companies no. do, so support them if you can. In other streaming news, a week from this coming Thursday on May 7th, Laura Osnes and Kelly Barrett, whose families are conveniently quarantining together in a group of about mm. four or five other people, but whatever, mm-hmm. um, they will co-host a special encore viewing party for the StreamingMusicals.com production of Emma, which Barrett starred in. The free event will begin at 6.45 p.m. Eastern Time for the virtual red carpet, and the show will start at 7, then there will be a virtual cast party after the show. And finally, in streaming news, this weekend on Saturday, May 2nd, Laura Benanti will partner with uh, K4 Connect and Seniorly to host a Sunshine Song concert aimed to bring joy through music to seniors, uh, to senior living communities, aging loved ones isolated at home, children's hospitals, and beyond. Actually, yesterday we talked about what wonderful work Laura was doing during this pandemic, yeah. uh, and this is, should be another wonderful event for people to enjoy based off the phenomenon that is the Sunshine Songs. Yeah, this is wonderful. And we t- as you said, we talked a little bit about Sunshine Songs yesterday and all the great work she's been doing and just being, as always, an absolute light in the Broadway community. So it's really exciting to see this come to a large platform that people can see. Absolutely. All right, real quick, I've got a couple of recommendations. Obviously, I have links in the show notes to a bunch of the videos from the Sondheim concert, so that's always recommended. That's but feel two good others, indeed. Yeah, um, Courtney Reed was the latest guest on Broadway World's Living Room concert, and let me tell you, I don't think there's been a Living Room concert as fully staged as this one. This was not <laughs> a Living Room concert. This was like a, an entire, it looks like an Airbnb. I'm, I don't know for sure, but it might be her house. I think it's an Airbnb. But a full Airbnb music video, starting with her in bed um, and starting to sing I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston, going all around multiple floors of the house and ending up with her in a bathing suit in the bathtub drinking some booze. Um, That's it was how my day it's... goes, too. Starting out <laughs> singing Whitney Houston and ending up in the bathtub with bourbon. Yeah, there so, you go. Um, yeah. I talked about how <laughs> great, kind of eye-opening Courtney was in Cambodian Rock Band. Um, mm. So this was very cool for her to see her do this. She clearly had a lot of fun with it. Um, and highly recommend you check that out. And then actually, the in, in a stroke of really, really bad timing and coincidental planning, yeah. at the exact same time, <laughs> the Stephen Sondheim... Don't get it at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the same time that the Sondheim concert was supposed to be starting, the GLAD, G-L-A-A-D, GLAD concert, uh, Together in Pride, You Are Not Alone, concert that was actually starting on time at 8 p.m. It featured special guests Matt Bomer, Adam Lampert, Lambert, uh, Dan Levy, Wilson Cruz, Kathy Griffin, uh, Javier Munoz, Sean Hayes, Tatiana Meslani, Billy Porter, and a number of other theater folks, including the cast of Jagged Little Pill, Alex Newell, Joel, uh, George Salazar, Rosie O'Donnell, and more. Uh, Billy Eichner and Lily Singh co-hosted the event. There was some great uh, stuff, not only performances, but these were. this wasn't just like a, hey, let's raise some money. They were some right. really yeah. strong messages that I've seen some clips of. Um, so we have a link to that entire concert. Um, clearly, 
there's probably a lot of people that would have liked to watch both. So I'm glad that both of them are available in perpetuity. Um, Poor, poor, poor planning on one of them. I don't know. Like having a glad concert (sighs) at the same time as a Sondheim concert. It really feels. It It feels like a hate crime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's only so many days that you can have all of these things because there is literally something every day. (laughs) Like right now, as we are recording. Yeah. The Jason Robert Brown concert with, uh, Ariana Grande and Shoshana Bean is currently happening. You can't, there's just so many things That's happening true. at once. That's but, true. But Sondheim and Glad simultaneously a, feels like a bit Ugh. of an overlap. Oof. Oof. Anyway, um, thank you all for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. All right. I think we're going to have a short show with some sort of interview or episode on tomorrow's uh today on broadway i think that's going to be you ashley right we yeah have this finalized but unless, i think that's going to be you unless some chaos happens then yeah i'll be here which which chaos could very well happen and chaos then we will rings. also have uh, my tell me more later this week as well so probably on thursday um or wednesday or thursday so we will see what happens but either way everybody have a wonderful tuesday thank you so much for spending this past 30 plus minutes with us talking about sondheim and everything else it truly means the world to us that you're listening every 30 minutes of my day (laughs) have a great day and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow